Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. You're listening to The Sound of London. This is Londonist Out Loud. I'm Anne Quentin Wolf, and the schools are out, the trees are going up, the lights are on, and the Christmas throng is charging through the shopping centres. If by any chance you're looking for something to stick in someone's stocking, or indeed if you just fancy finding out about places that you're going to have a peculiarly relaxing pint or three, then oh boy do I have a book recommendation for you. Hey baby, let me take you down to a place of strange sights and sound. You ain't never seen the light before, just a song through from your front door. is I think the first time I've had to wash my hands before starting an episode of the show. I have to think about that, but I think that's true. And I've been led down a basement in Shoreditch, and I'm sitting in a, a place with astroturfed walls. Do you know, I know what's coming, and I still don't know why we've got astroturfed walls. Uh, with me, though, the, the lowly snapper and the author of Pubcats, London Pubcats, Vicky Lane and Tim White. Hello. Hello there. Hello. I, I shouldn't refer to you really as a lowly snapper. I did say no, by your invitation, yeah. but I don't think that's really... I, well, in, in this case, it was uh, my job to take the photographs, so, uh, and Vicky supplied the words for this project. We're looking at a small square tome. Photography, first of all, since we're on the subject, is beautiful. Can I congratulate you on that? Thank you very much. Yeah, amazing. I really want to find out about how you managed to get any of the cats to stay in shot long enough, and I gather there were some some issues around that. Yeah, I mean, it's a bit tricky. I mean, we shot this time last year, around sort of December time, so the light wasn't great, a lot of dark pubs, always a bit of a challenge, and obviously then... Yeah, the old cliche working with animals. Um, I think dreamers was the key. I, mean, I don't know if you cat lovers will be aware of the the dreamers to get yourself pepped up, ready Basically, for the shoot. Right? Me, yeah. yeah. And uh, the cats themselves seem to like them as well. And little little feathers on strings seem to sort of coerce them outside of the, the darkest sort of uh, passages and in the, in the backs of sofas and things like this, where uh, where they seem to hide. 
we're going to come back to the inside uh, track on how this was done in justice. I just want to touch in, Vicky, with the words, because no lesser congratulation is due to you, because essentially this is a book of uh, cataloguing pubs and cats. Cataloguing. No, we're not doing that. No, we're not doing it. Okay, no, okay, we'll drop the puns. We we will be doing (laughs) it. It's going to happen, come on. (laughs) You've essentially managed to say something very similar, and it's fresh every time, and I'm really impressed with that, because each each, time, here's a pub, here's a cat. How did you go about achieving such freshness? Well, no, I, I do think that was a that was a concern when, uh, when I was first assigned the task. We were like, how are we going to write about twenty, well, potentially twenty plus cats from twenty different venues um, and make it sound interesting and not just go back to all the same old puns and recycle the same stories? But I mean, ultimately, that's the beauty of, of London pubs. I think is that they each had their own characters and their own stories and. Actually, I think that's what cats lend themselves to as well, is that they have their own character and they're a lot freer than, say, say dogs. And don't get me wrong, I, I love dogs as well, but, you know, everyone's next question is always, oh, is, is there going to be pub dogs? And uh, I think The answer is there's too many, apparently. There's, I mean, every pub has a dog. Well, I was surprised there's not that many um, cat pubs uh, in London, or we seem to sort of find the majority of them, but maybe there are others. People will no doubt write in with lists and lists of cats in pubs, but you know, I think there's less of them, so that's why it became more of an interesting subject. Also, I think it's, it's that cats, you feel like cats have got more of a personality and that because they're able to go off and then... Uh, well, I think you've just you just went over the line there, didn't you? Well, oh, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to get a little paper for no, no, again, love dogs, love dogs, nothing yeah, against dogs. Um, but, but ultimately, cats are free to go off and explore and, uh, and yeah, yeah. get up to all sorts of mischief, I think. so. I like the very different relationships that the, the various pub owners and landlords and bar staff have with the cats. I think there was one who likes to hide up on the top shelf in the office, so when you go to put that account C file up there, it has a go at you. Yeah. Do we manage to get a shot of that cat, by the way? Which one was that one? This, was, this is one that, that seems to Purdy. secrete itself all over the place. Where was, where was and the gun makers? Oh, yes, Purdy was very well behaved, I thought. And, and the gun makers are one of the better pubs to shoot in, yeah. Hmm. I think she was the one that ended up on the on the bar tap, on the taps. On the oh, yes. Yeah. So, spread, spread, yes, that was the, that should have been the cover shot, really. Yeah. He was. Yeah. <laughs> possibly, possibly. <laughs> so this was the... I didn't design it, so I don't know. Let's go down that road, because clearly it goes without saying a lot of thought goes into the composition and putting the pictures together, and then somebody else gets hold of those pictures. How much say do you get on, on how they're laid out? Um, uh, very little. I mean, obviously, I, I do an edit of the images. I choose which ones I like best, and I send them over. And, yeah, then obviously that's in the hands of the, the uh, designer to sort of, like, yeah, compose and make it make it look good, make it, make it visually engaging from a page-turner. So this is, I know, the first or second book by the publisher in question. It's the right? second book second. the publisher Paradise published. Road, is it Paradise Road? Paradise Road, yes. They're a new publishing company um, specialising in, in books about London, actually. So the first one was Up in Smoke, which is about Battersea. Yeah. Um, and that was released a couple of months ago. And then this is the, the second release for them. Is that Pete Watts? It was Pete Watts, yes, yes yeah. absolutely, who, who wrote the first book. Talk to me about this, because I, I imagine that you would have had this idea yourself and would have been so enthused by your love of cats that you would have demanded that a publisher takes this book. <laughs> Actually, no, it was the publisher that... that do you hate cats me. as well as dogs? <laughs> so, yeah, I just hate animals. Right. Stuff. No, I do love cats. Did you feel um, a chill ripple through them? We haven't talked about where we are yet, but a, a, a chill went through the place just then. When you said, I hate cats. And there's a slight hiss in the air. We might might have to backtrack. Has anyone got any dreamies? 
Uh, I don't carry Did dreamies. Did you bring the emergency no. dreamy no. supply? That's what I need to know. No, you know, you'd know if you if you did have the dreamy supply. Yeah, they'd be, they'd be all over me. No. Yeah, we should say where we are. Really. Yeah, we should. We should. We're in. Uh, we should just. We're in a, uh, or should we leave it hanging for a moment longer? <laughs> yeah, come on. Let's take the, the genesis of the book. Let's carry on with that. Well, p- pub cats, obviously, people like pubs, people like cats. That's really <laughs> the This was an idea hatched in a pub, by the sounds of it. It's good alcoholics to tour London, really. That's the way, I, the way I look at it. And there are some great pubs in here. Um, some of my favourite pubs in Southampton Arms, a personal favourite. Good cider. Um, but most of my references about the, the more of the, the pub side than the cat side, if you might notice. <laughs> and uh, what was the other one? Cam- oh, the old eagle in Camden. Mm. That's a very, very nice pub. Yeah. But it also features Lady Diner's Cat Cafe, oh, which yes. is where we currently are sitting. Um, and the reason for that being that. Nice um, segue into that. Yes, yeah. but the, the reason for that being that I think when we were discussing the book and we were going through all the, the pub options, this had just, just opened, it was still quite new. And uh, I mean, we both were actually working in the travel industry. And we've been, I've been myself writing a lot about the cat cafe, and it was a kind of like, oh, it's such a shame that we can't get this in as, as London's first cat cafe, mm. as the place that was really kind of drawing cat tourism, I suppose, and, and was kind of, you know, the establishment and kind of making it very aware that people bloody love cats. Um, and obviously, kind of shift a lot of units. So that was. <laughs> when you say cat tourism. <laughs> I've got a vision of, you know, a plane load of American cats arriving. Well, cat tourism, yes. I mean, you know, the fact that, you, you know, this place, when it when it opened, it's, well, it booked 20,000 people yeah, in this the can't first be, week. In the first week, this can't be yes, real. It, it had 60,000 people visit it in the first year it opened. Right, quick quick description of what I'll try and do justice to this in a couple of sentences we'll need to flesh this out though in the middle of this room which is uh, 15 foot square ish 20 foot square something like that there is a a mysterious tree it's all uh, whirly trunks and roots if you were underground actually you might be forgiven for thinking that you are given that you're in the basement this might be the roots of an enormous tree above us um, and uh, like a Tim Burton sort of like set. Yeah, something. good. Yes, exactly right. And all around us it is paraphernalia with cat imagery on it: uh, Christmas card cats, Hello Kitty cats. I don't even know what these things are, but they've got cat images. And there are cats. I should have mentioned that probably earlier on. We're surrounded by cats. Tim knows that only too well because yes, I am. I am. Yeah, well, not, not terribly, but quite allergic to cats, and, which is. <laughs> presented a bit of a problem especially here in this very room so I was, you know, the fact that we're doing the interview here so if I start sneezing uncontrollably you'll know why we're ten minutes in and you're fine right okay yeah. it does take a bit, bit of time but um suggesting Tim's well, been lying about his allergy the whole time well yeah I mean what's not too bad so far yeah. I think he has been lying but I don't know whether we're going to be able to do this place just it, it, this is a one off really isn't it it really is a one off yes you know and they've they've actually done it up uh, more since when since I wrote the book and I visited and uh, I mean it is it's just like a it's a magical realm of cats really isn't it it's, it's it kind of looks a bit fantasy down here with all the trees and like the sparkling uh, fairy lights and then upstairs you you literally have cats running along along the walls on the shelves there's a a cat you know wheel cats? They have I, don't, I, don't, I thought it was 12 it's 12 yeah, yeah 12. I don't know if that's seems gone up seems like there's more but um, well, I can't see a single oh there's one over there listen you know the, the multi-level platforms that you get the sort of fairy platforms with scratching posts of course there are a few of those pretty generous sized ones as well but as you look around you realise that the walls are also built with that in mind and there are fairy shelves and little platforms for them to perch on and we can see over in one of the corners there next to the beam a black and white cat looking down on proceedings below and um, that's about all the cat life I can see, actually. They're kind of thin on the ground. Maybe we should have brought our own. 
Yeah, there's a couple, I think, in, in the tree, in the wooded area. But maybe there's a few upstairs, I think. Yeah. Maybe it's nap time. So I, I think there are one or two places that are actually rivaling this place in their in their affection for cats. And I've got the place in Walthamstow Village in mind when I say that. Should we do the story of this place? Lady Nights. Nice. Um, have it come to be. Yes, so it's it was set up by Lauren Pierce, um, who essentially she was working in uh, for a, a computer games company and had had a really bad day. And on her way home, um, she said she used to she used to always go go to the station, and there was this cat that she would often see on the way to the station. And, and she was a, a big you know, cat lover. She's from Australia. She was over here. Obviously, she, she couldn't have her own cat, which is a, a problem I think a lot of Londoners have, where especially in rented accommodation, you're not able to take pets. And uh, she was really missing that comfort from having her, you know she had cats all her all her childhood, and she used to always look forward to seeing this cat on the way to the station. And she'd had a particular bad day and then she got to this cat and he was there and she picked it up and she was like this is brilliant actually life isn't so bad and she realised that everything was so much better when a cat was involved and it was at that point um, she I think she'd already had the idea for a cat cafe she'd uh, visited one in Japan before um, where there's, there's quite a few over there and thought you know maybe it's time to try and try and bring this to London no one's done this and the next day she took the day off work and wrote her business plan and and that was it then she started up a, a Kickstarter campaign and um, I think it was in about it was within three months she'd raised £110,000 to start London's first cat cafe and obviously it's a story that really lends itself to a lot of media attention everyone was getting very excited about it was really behind it um, and people would get vouchers to come and visit the cat cafe and, and get certain memorabilia um, and my understanding I think it was within a year the cat cafe opened um, not without a lot of difficulties I think just finding a venue where the landlord would allow for you to have pets um, obviously it's it's getting all the right okays to have pets in an establishment like this which is why they have very strict rules here about the animals and you know, and, and respect to her it's, it's very much this is their home and you are coming into their home to have a coffee not you are here to, uh, to disturb the animals um, how, how does that work do you happen to know how that works then in respect to food hygiene rules how do they go about making your food and your drink for you I think it's just because it's obviously it's kept very separately so to actually get into to the area with the animals um, there are a couple of doors that you have to go through. oh we went so through the, the airlock didn't we exactly. yeah, yeah. so the animals are, are very separate from anything like that so uh, you know essentially it's no different to to having animals at home and obviously the as far as I know, I assume the animals would be uh, would be taken off the tables if they were to, to jump on with the food. But as far as the preparation area, it's, it's all very separate. So. I didn't do that at any of the other pubs we went to. There's no sort of you know washing of hands when you went to the Old Eagle or something, was there? No. no, no they, they, could, they could lie, couldn't they, about the the cat's presence there. They go, oh, there's a cat here. Really? But whereas in a place like this where every item in the place is connected with cats, including 12 cats, you can have trouble hiding that. Yeah, totally. You know, I, I think people probably know that there might license. be animals here. Maybe. So... But this, what you say is true about the problems that you might face trying to get animals into your rented accommodation. To the extent that I tried to rent a room years ago and I said, I've, I've got a cat. And my cat was my firm friend. And uh, they said, yep, yeah, no problem. And I paid my deposit and moved all my stuff in, including my cat. And they said, that's, that's fine. But we've changed our mind. The cat's got to go. 
Can you imagine a, what do you do in a predicament like that? You can't throw your friend away. No, I mean that's like your child, surely. My my first cat was like my first child, and you know that's essentially saying throw your child away, is it or not? Is that too much? Well, you've, you've changed your tune. <laughs> I told you I love cats. Oh, I see. Okay. I'll try and uh, remember that. Why would I write this book? <laughs> well, yes. Why would you write this book? Because you, what's this about the travel industry? Uh, what yes, do you do? I'm actually a yeah, travel and lifestyle journalist by trade, and Tim is yep. actually a, a travel a photographer. Travel photographer, by... yeah. I mean, like I say, it was, it was through our association with, with the editor, um, who's an ex-colleague, um, and we, you know, we decided to uh, help him out on his first, one of his second book, um, and you know, and, and get involved with it. So it was just something quite a quite a change from the normal day-to-day business of, of doing uh, travel stuff so yeah, it was quite quite engaging I'd difficult we, yeah. we didn't actually know that tim was such an established animal photographer well this is the thing I think, you know i could become the you know the cat guy i don't want to be i like photographing cats but i don't want to do it you know just want to make that clear i don't want to shoot cats the rest of my life i mean it's well it's, i think you should nice rephrase thing. that <laughs> but you know you are very good i mean i couldn't help thinking i was wondering if you were a food photographer because if you just swapped in each of these pictures if you just swapped the cat for a plate of something delicious right. okay, goodness, yeah, that would work i'd eat it i was tempted uh, to consume one or two of the cats oh right right here okay but definitely doing my job then. And it's, uh... There are certainly stories here that uh, I want to jump into, but from a photographic oh, point William of view, which Churchill. of these would you go? So I've just flicked to the page mm. of the old eagle, and that was particularly, there's two black and white cats, so I just got sort of running around a pint of Guinness, which seems sort of like quite relevant to the, the colour scheme and everything. And there was an old, you know, um, old fellas sitting in the background who sort of obviously go there every day. It was quite just an atmospheric shoot. And yeah, a pint of Guinness next to next to our black and white cats, which works well. If you're doing tra- when you say you do travel photography, what does that mean? Yeah. Do you, get, do you get local people in various towns to stand, stand next to things that are colour matches for them? Oh no, no, no! I don't, I don't, that isn't a, that isn't a particular style. Have some, have some dreamies. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I'm always. I mean, I, yeah, dreamies are always wrong essential. Shoot, wrong shoot, I'm, uh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do get confused, but it's um, we uh, are sent out to do a feature on a certain destination. Um, that can be anything. Over 400 assignments abroad, so there's been quite, quite a big variety. Oh, that sounds like the life. Well, it's been okay. Yeah. How, many, been right. how many destinations did you visit last year, Tim? Well, it's quite a few, quite a few, about 40. So, yeah. But, you know, none better than the 17 pubs <laughs> I visited. I mean, one thing I was going to say, it was actually more than 17, because we originally yeah. had 20 pubs exactly. that we were going to feature, and actually... Unfortunately, one, yeah, there one was cat a few. did a no show. That was why we actually got to the point where we, we turned up. What, what pub was that? It was somewhere down in uh, Farringdon, I think. But basically, yeah, the cat just didn't Guinness. appear. Um, it was basically uh, very shy and refused to come downstairs. So. Grapes and grapes, that's the one. Yes. Yeah. We had another cat which had to go back twice, Anglesey Arms, Lily, who basically doesn't actually live at the pub. But she just turns up at 11 o'clock sharp every morning mm. and scratches at the door because she's obsessed with, um, you know, those little half pint of prawns you get. Um, that's basically what she does every day, turns up for her pint of prawns. And she, yeah, she didn't show up the first day, so we had to go back. And where, where can you turn up for a free pint of prawns? Where, where <laughs> You're interested. Yeah. Um, the Anglesey Arms in Hammersmith. I'll give that a go. There's not well, really show up. to do that. I, I, yeah. I, I really enjoy it. Just to help yourself. Yeah. You have um, to pay money for the problem. I think well. you have to pay money. Uh, I think, don't think yeah. she does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Lily Try. gets them free. Try and scratch at the door. Mm-hmm. Scratch at the door at 11 o'clock, and yeah, you never know. Well, if she, yeah. if she, what time does she leave, did you say? She normally goes off after the prawns. 
I think she stays around all day. Yeah, she just oh, turns she up. It's like her, her little domain. She just hangs out in the pub. Did I read that when her oh, owner life. comes into the pub, she completely blanks the owner? Totally. Yeah. Um, so, the, so the cats are... Cause, uh, I mean, can I use the... No, I can't really use the word eccentric without uh, somebody writing me a letter from a law firm. So let's just... One, one or two of the people in the book here um, seem to me to have some interesting ideas about uh, the cats and their relationships to, to the world the and each other. Are we moving on to the nags heading rules today? Well, I, I don't know. the cat I wouldn't. I certainly wouldn't uh, attribute any of those right. turns of phrase or idea to no. anybody there. No. Well, okay. I'll tell you what I really loved about that place, uh, before we get into the cat business, was the fact that their upstairs room... This is a a lovely old pub in uh, Walthamstow Village. They've got the Madame Lazonga Lounge. That's the best thing ever. Oh, it, it really is. I mean, it, it's a very unusual place, isn't it? It's very, yeah. uh, but unusual. I mean, unique. Um, you, know, you have to go to believe it. But even just from the outside, I mean, it, it looks like this kind of very beautiful, uh, ideal country pub and then actually when you look a bit closer there are these like silhouettes of, of these there's pictures of cats in wedding dresses and it's like you know yeah. little, not, not without reason right well they get married there apparently yeah. so there's there's been a few cat, cat um, weddings um, can, can, I just, can I just underline this, this is not flippant uh, this is not no, loose talk this is it's not loose talk no, no, this no, is, it, was, uh, it was very famous it was on the same day that Will and Kate got married and uh, it was their biggest rival on the day actually was, was the cat wedding at the Nags Head so th- this is the the pub cat taking a shine to the cat who lives next door. Yes, absolutely. And this, as, as far as I know, this follows on from a cat funeral that was held there as well. So has this place become an established venue for cat ceremonies, or what's going on? There? My understanding, they only hold um, hold you know, funerals, weddings for cats that have actually been part of the pub. However, you know, I'm, I'm sure Flossie Parsons, who's the landlady there, would potentially be open to to uh, holding outside events if anyone did want to do that. They ban children. They're, they're very strict about banning children from this place, aren't they? Yes. They but they are. marry cats to each other. Yes. That's, I mean, what are your correct. what are your thoughts on this? <laughs> well, marriage, um, marriage of cats. Uh, well, if they're you know genuinely attractive, <laughs> and it's uh, consensual. It's uh, I think it's uh, fair play. Unlikely but, to be over the age of eighteen. Unlikely, very unlikely. But um, yeah, what is the age of consent for um, cats? I mean, is it like dog years? I don't know. I was going to say, unfortunately, on the, on the day, so it was between uh, Billy and Harvey. Um, Harvey was yeah, the, yeah. was the cat next door, um, I believe. I've got that in the right order. Uh, but Harvey being the groom, and uh, he actually got cold feet and, and legged it out of the bathroom window. Oh, really? Um, I think it was within within the first hour of marriage. <laughs> although although we've been assured that they've worked things worked things out, and it was you know. Just, yeah. the, the fact that it was the bathroom yeah, window makes it sound like he did actually. <laughs> need to excuse himself to go and escape. <laughs> exactly. Like he couldn't just walk out yeah. being a cat. Guys, I'm just so overwhelmed. I'm just going <laughs> to go separation. freshen up. You sure, sure you're all right, Harvey? I'll be back. I will be back. Anyone seen Harvey? Gone. Well, I'm tempted to go and have a look, but I'm, I'm not sure. Which which would you recommend in terms of... Because I've seen there's a, couple of, there's a couple of bruises. Salem the cat looks terrifying to me. I don't think I'm going to go within half a mile of Salem. Yeah, yeah, Salem's tough. Uh, actually, it's more... It's more a, yeah, it was the first one we... We shot, I think. That was that's um, that's one in Greenwich. One in Greenwich. Yeah, he was. Um, Had you yet to learn how to charm a cat? Because he looks pretty angry in the pictures. 
Yeah, well, it's also uh, black cats in the sort of like dark pubs is quite tricky as well, so it's quite, quite a tough <laughs> one to start with. <laughs> Come home and examine all the pictures, no, no cat in that one either. Yeah, where's he gone? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that was a bit of a challenge. But, yeah, he, he seemed okay. He's got a quite scary name, but I think uh, apart from that, he seemed. Uh, I wasn't getting either, you know, the real devil worshipping stuff from him. More the regulars at the pub. Um, who were absolutely lovely oh, right. but incredibly protective of, of Salem like if you sat in his chair you, you got told it was Salem's chair and actually I think that's that's what's interesting or, or really kind of struck me about these cats um, and just just kind of the the, the general um, custom or, or, or patrons of, of pubs is that what's lovely is that it's this whole kind of mixed family of people from all walks of life that just come together and uh, anything outside As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about Wix. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. The pub is completely irrelevant. Everyone's just, you know, in it together. And there's a real community there. And actually, it was similar with these cats, where a lot of them were strays. And and they kind of come in, and they're just kind of brought into the family. And then everyone's very protective of each other. And... Mm. uh, in that sense, it's really, it's really quite sweet. <laughs> but yes, they were the you, ones to look out for. You do, you do see that that sort of interaction bringing out the charming side. I was wondering about pub dogs, though. How does that work if you've got a pub cat? Are dogs not automatically banned, or have you seen any of these interactions? There were a few dogs about. I think, actually, really, again, this is the thing with pub dogs, is that often they're upstairs, aren't they? So they? Some, sometimes they No, get... I always trip out. Whenever I go in a pub and there's yeah, a pub dog there, I Or they're on a lead next to the pub, or... Oh, I suppose there's, there are some... That... There was a couple of pubs where there, you know, so there, there were dogs there. roaming around, and they, t- they tended to get on quite well with the with the dogs, so there didn't seem to be any problems there, particularly. Yeah. Not as you know, it's not you know, Tom and Jerry style sort of like ferociousness between them. I think it's you know they, they seem to sort of cohabit quite well. I'm going to ask you about Japan in just a sec, but could we pick out one of the stories that particularly appeals to you, Vicky? Legs, the cat. Yeah, Legs. Legs is quite vicious, actually. I don't know how Legs was for you. Right? Legs was one of the better cats to photograph. It was um, the three-legged cat from the uh, Charlotte Despard in Archway, but. Um, 
Yeah, I think I don't know what the story was behind whether he was a stray or something. I'm not sure. He was a sure. rescue cat. So legs. Um, he was in. He was in a car accident and he ended up. Um, well, he lost a lost a leg, and that's where the name legs comes from because it's, it's ironic. Cause he doesn't have the full set. And yeah, so it was. Uh, I need to check what the name is, but a, a local rescue centre. <coughs> we're trying to rehome him, and my understanding is that he did go to a couple of homes and he just didn't settle, and they were they would find it very difficult to rehome this this three legged cat and the uh, the owners at uh, the Charlotte Despard um, basically it was a, a regular had seen the tweet go out about this cat and, and they said okay well, well we'll try him here and, and he's still there now and actually what's interesting he's a, he's a real celebrity actually um, but in Japan um, because he stars in a Japanese cat book. Yeah, here we go. And, this uh, is what I wanted to ask you about. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, actually, this is something that kind of came up a few times when we were doing our interviews. Um, we were like, oh, you, well, you know, you know, the cat's already been in a cat book. And we're like, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's another cat book? Not just a, like, a cat book, but a London pub cat book. A right? London pub cat book, but in Japanese. So uh, they got, yeah, they got it first, and they, they produced it. Yeah, and uh, everyone, and pretty much the same pubs. So what is much better? Well, no. That, I mean, I, I, I would have thought that's quite useful, isn't it? There's two directions I want to go here, but I suppose I suppose the primary one is at what stage uh, during the production of this did you find out about that? I think in the first pub. Yeah, I mean, the first um, pub. In fact, actually, the Charlotte Despard was the first pub, uh, and they brought it out. And actually, what was what did really strike me? I mean, I. I I went at a very quiet time it was quite early in the afternoon and there was a Japanese family there that's a couple with their young children and I mean it was you know in a, in a very empty pub and actually the, the Charlotte Despair is on a very busy road and it's I wouldn't say it's a pub that you would just walk past it's one of these that it's, it's a very local pub and unless you know it's there you wouldn't necessarily kind of just pop in it's not a tourist pub um, but they'd gone just to see Legs the Cat and you know it was quite as I was saying Legs you know, he's he's he got he's got celebrity. he's got a real personality, but he's uh, not the cuddly of cats. He's not he's not the most uh, not the friendliest, and you know, just watching him kind of swiping at this young child and the family being delighted at this, like you know, it's still it's, he, he totally got away with, with uh, misbehaving. Yeah, um, so he goes to Archway. And, uh, it's a long way to come to see a cat, isn't it? Well, it is. I hope they hadn't just come for that purpose. Yeah, they're, they're quite enthusiastic, so I imagine. I mean, it uh, <laughs> could have been a whole sort of uh, adventure to see all the. Maybe they, they were doing the whole book. Which brings me to the other fork of inquiry that I wanted to go down, which is uh, you've already, already identified Legs's home in order to have turned up there, but how did you go about it? If it wasn't with the aid of this Japanese book, how on earth did you go about tracking down where all these cats were if there's if there's no previous literature on the subject he's twitter and instagram to be honest i don't know well, it's 2000 got, got a bit of movement in action yeah. you describe this to me uh, yeah why don't you um well there's a cat um <laughs> walking nice. along a ledge not as impressive as i was hoping <laughs> it's a black and white one it's it's an elm tree he looks like no, it's, no david annabur is he no it's uh well oh dear no he's yeah he's disappeared okay it's gone yeah the moments moments left us but yeah, sorry, that was a, a side. Sorry, uh, sorry. Excited by movement. <laughs> I think you should do a nature program just like that. Okay. There's a lion. There's a lion. <laughs> it's sitting. It's a and now it has vanished. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> 
What were we talking about? Like yes, how did you go about doing this? Yes. Cats. Yes, yeah. I was saying, you know, thank you thank you to the to the public who who go out and every time they see a cat in a pub they tweet a picture of it or put it on Instagram. Do they really? They do and obviously with that normally with a hashtag pub cat, pub cat, you know, and that actually made it very easy. And there is uh, there's an official uh, pub cat blog um, and who also have a Twitter feed um, who they, they tweet about pub cats all over the world um, but they also obviously a good need for these um, and just also actually once, no, no, once no, no. People... Before, before we go to actually once people this uh, Twitter feed can we say more about this please how does that work exactly because if it's worldwide I've got in my mind now that there's not just the Japanese family but that there are people around the globe just going to pubs because of cats travelling like like you do you know 40 different destinations to see 40 different cats is this happening this is absolutely happening oh yes I've heard Amsterdam's very big for pub cats actually Um, maybe we're going to do the the next one is pub cats Europe so maybe we could I would say maybe we could do like exotic cats or something like that and you know get permission to travel you could do it on the back of your yeah yeah absolutely look for a pub cat is there is there a movement that you're tapping into (laughs) I'm serious (laughs) Well, yeah, I mean, it's what I was saying before about cat tourism. I mean, g- genuinely, you know, as I said, I'm, I'm a travel journalist, and, you know, especially the cat cafe boom, um, there are so many cat cafes that have opened up across the world in the last couple of years, all over. Um, and, yeah, and equally, there's a lot of cats in pubs. And actually, I don't think that was, you know, whereas cat cafes, obviously, as a, as a straight tourist drive people just realise that having a cat in a pub is A, nice, and B, really good for pest control. Ah. And that's actually the key reason to have it. I mean, especially in London pubs, one of the main reasons people get cats is, is to stop mice. I cut you off in mid-flow, though. You were, you were talking about other people. We've done Twitter feeds, and you were saying something about what other people are yes. up to. Yes, I, I was going to say that... Um, Actually, once other people knew that we were doing a, a book about pub cats, very quickly they, it became a word of mouth thing where people were you know, very quick to be like, oh, have you been here? What about this cat here? And oh, you must get in this cat. And actually, again, it's one of those, it's a real conversation starter where people are kind of desperate to be like, oh, I saw a cat. Oh, where was it? And uh, even a lady in the queue at Sainsbury's, she gave me the tip off about Nag's Head, actually. Oh, really? When uh, she heard me talking to a friend about the cat book and was like, you know, kind of chipped in from behind, which was very useful. And there is, one of the cats is tweeting as well, I think. Yes. Um, very suspicious about this. Lenny, the cat, uh, uh, Spitalfield. Uh, Spitalfield, the Pride of Spitalfield. Lenny, yeah. Yes, the Pride of Spitalfield. He tweets. Yes. Lenny and Patch, okay. You didn't know about this? Well, I wasn't aware of Lenny's oh, right. tweets. No, I was... Uh, I'm trying to remember which one Lenny was. Lenny, the pub cat. And what does he tweet about? I should have probably checked the... I think the pub life... Thing. Really, um, you know, and also, I mean, again, he's a bit of a celebrity because um, there are there are various. Um, there's a food tour that goes past the pub, and actually, they make it a point of stopping off at the pub to go and see Lenny. And then they're like, if you also want to have a drink, great, they have really good beers, actually, really good good ales on tap. Um, but uh, but mainly, it is it's Lenny, and he'll come down and kind of he's he's ready for his adore in public every mm. morning. Um, very much, very much the star of the show. All right, I, I'm going to be. I'm just cards on the table here. What I'm not sure about is whether there are some charming characters doing something lovely here in a, a few different places, or, or whether I'm just opening the door onto something that's got the whiff of a cult about it. Is there, <laughs> is there something? I, I believe it's just um, you know, 
usual ownership of cats, but that happens to be The cats are dogs. trying to take over. Yeah, I don't think there's any you know, conspiracy. I've got the no, not a conspiracy. No, I've got. I just, I've got this same feeling that I have when somebody cats was telling me about furries, and they was yeah, there's people who like to dress up as, oh. at, and I was they dress up as full full scale. You don't know about this. I, I don't know about. Well, this. I hope I've got this right. Not but they they get dressed either that or I've had my leg pulled. But they people get dressed up. From, as furry characters, you know, f- fancy dress outfits where you look through the, you know, flap in the neck, and then they get up to, you know, with each other. Didn't find any role playing in any of the. Uh, did you find any of that? No, hang on, hang on. Before we get confused, I'm not suggesting that's going on in the. <laughs> These aren't well. actually real cats. These are people dressed up as. Oh god, that would be so much more frightening. Yeah. What? Yeah. I think it's it's a perfectly innocent <laughs> cat ownership. Um, situation and actually as I said I think one thing pubs uh, are often taken in in strays or rescue cats and actually it's they're in a position where like we have this space and we can accommodate these animals and actually you know the customers seem to really like it and as I said they're good pest control but actually again it's social media that's making it much bigger in the last couple of years yeah I think I see that always been there they are are the backbone of social media absolutely you know it's it's something that people want to tweet as I said people like to take pictures they want to put it up it's interesting it's it's fun to spot the cats and actually that's why it's suddenly coming to the surface it's because of uh, the internet I I wondered when I saw this and I had exactly those thoughts in my mind and I thought well with that many cat pictures on the internet who on earth is going to bother to pick up a dead tree version of that but this has been very popular it has it's it's doing really really well and I think that was always the point um, to make it that it had some takeaway for the reader that it was actually a travel guide to London pubs through yeah. their cat residence, and that was always the point of it, rather than just just doing a plain old photo book. Well, I'm just saying, it's, <laughs> it is it is you know introducing some of the you know the nicest pubs in London as well. I mean, by the device, cats. Um, so basically, yeah, it, it, it's an, it is a like a, a little travel guide, isn't it? So to, uh, to, to show show off some of the best places in London. I mean, but it's just like. Uh, well, I just, I, I can't wait for the first official cat crawl. That's what I'm waiting first for. First what? The first official cat crawl. You know, yes. like pub golf. Oh, oh cat crawl. I want, you know, I want to see the group that dress up as cats and kind of do the whole 18 pubs. Yeah, these are the guys I was warning you about. Yeah, you're yeah. right, these are the first. Yeah, no, this is where those <laughs> two worlds okay. collide. Right, yeah, okay. Exactly. Well, that'd be interesting. Maybe that's the no, next I'm, book. I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> and, yeah. you know. What I'd like you to do now, I can't get that idea out of my head now. What I'd like you to do, Tim, is uh, get into the, the world of furries and, but, and photograph them as, as sympathetically. Furries, is that the term? Um, I believe so. Oh, right. In these pubs, on in the same poses, London, you know, draped across the bar taps. We, no, we could do that. <laughs> <laughs> Right. No, I think that'd be really good. That's I mean, good. we'll put this to Andrew. That's the next book. Yeah, London Excellent. pump fairies. <laughs> <laughs> and you've got you've got a built-in renewal mechanism as well. About every five, ten years, of course, haven't you? I mean, I don't like to be morbid, but you know. Well, yeah, I we've mean, already we've already had that, haven't we? I, and, um, well, it's not been officially confirmed. We've had oh. rumours. Um, you put your camera equipment down in the wrong place. Yeah, <laughs> it's uh, well, I mean. 
Has it not been confirmed? I thought, well, yeah, there's, there's a, the, it a couple. It hasn't been officially confirmed at the Trinity Arms. Um, there were rumours. Well, no, I'm not. I'm not really sure about this. That, that both Horatio and Woody had had passed had away. Passed away. Right. But I'm not. It seems. It seems quite strange for both of the cats to have died in a space of about seven months. Another so cat I think conspiracy. There's, there's a whole, yeah, deeper story there. I'm not. I'm not entirely sure. We had one before that we actually started shooting the, the Boogaloo, uh, which is a great pub up in. Um, but it starts in Hutch. But Hutch disappeared, apparently. Yeah. I think uh, yeah, it was. Yeah, Jerry was very upset. Yeah, yeah. So maybe differences over royalties for the uh, 70s uh, police programme. I don't know. But it was like a... What you'd probably actually be interested to hear is uh, another chapter that unfortunately we had to drop was the Shakespeare Head in Angel, which is um, just behind the Sadler Wells Theatre. Um, that's a, that's a fine little pub, yeah. It is a fine little pub, and actually, you know, I was quite disappointed that we weren't able to get this in because, um, well, unfortunately, but the big story about it is it has, actually has a cat ghost. But unfortunately, Tim wasn't able to photograph that. Yeah, was, so we were um, trying to get in the next pub cat, Ginger, but she wasn't very good at photographing. I'm okay with um, cats, but not cats. Apparitions, I can't do those. You know, they're sort of uh, yes. difficult to focus on. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think we need to know more about this. Well, yes, yeah, so the old uh, pub cat was called Whiskey, and Whiskey was in the pub for, I think it was about 18 years, um, and a much-loved pet of the pub, and, you know very prominent and you know everyone would always say well even apparently even still today people are like where's whiskey where's whiskey um but whiskey passed away a couple of years ago and yeah so we went in and we're kind of hearing all the stories about whiskey and but there have been sightings yeah glasses moving across tables and, yeah. Uh, yeah exactly the cleaner swore that she she saw whiskey jumping off the table one night do you believe this do you think they, they have actually seen the ghost of a well, well, we didn't do that one, did we? Well, I mean, there was there was some. Why, why did you leave that out, by the way? Oh, we left it out so the ghost. No, no, it was. Well, it was you could do an entire book of ghost <laughs> yeah. uh, cats, couldn't you? Well, well, empty okay. bar okay. stool. Here we There's go. So this many is... ideas for new yeah. next books. No, I know. No, it was actually because the the new pub cat, which they'd got uh, about eight months ago, I think. Ginger was probably longer than that now. Over a year ago, uh, Ginger the cat, unfortunately, wasn't very photogenic. And, right. uh, I don't think she turned up, <laughs> did she? <laughs> Um, I can make most cats work but he probably was because she didn't no no up. I think yeah. she yeah, but, she uh, wasn't there well you're giving yeah. each other knowing looks but I think what you're saying to each other is she was an ugly cat <laughs> is that what you're saying uh, I don't think a cat called Ginger could be an ugly cat no. I, I'm Ginger that's, by the way yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, let's, not make, it, no, let's not make this personal but I, were you discriminating on the basis of uh, photogenicity not, a, not at all, no. I mean, they... Yeah, that's a long pause, they, <laughs> they all They all appeared. Yeah, all shapes and sizes and colours. All cats are beautiful. Breeds. It's Absolutely. impossible to get a bad yeah, I mean, cat. I don't see ugly cats. I mean, really. Do you? My understanding yeah. was that she, she wasn't there to photograph. Yeah. And that's why we had to drop a couple of chats. No, we, we, had a few, we had a few no-shows, basically. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it, yeah. Same as Hooper Grapes with Guinness. Yeah. But we couldn't. She yeah, wouldn't yeah, come yeah. out. To, to be photographed and actually she was a, a predecessor but unpredictable thing so you had to sort of like yeah work, work with it and if um, yeah and, and no, if Hutch disappears what can you do you know yeah. you just better rush Starsky I think it was called Hutch because David Soul used to drink there you know that? it was yeah. yes it was in the book is that in the book oh, okay I know that from him. going there and meeting him at New Year's Eve or something and phoning my sister and saying oh, yeah, I'm talking to David Soul so I just picked that name up could, could, I, could I 
pick your brain. It's entirely uncat related question. Can I pick your brains because there are lots of people photographing London, obviously, and there are lots of people writing about London. As people doing those things so successfully, I wonder are there some tips that you could give or some tricks up your sleeve that you might share on ways to get into a place and do the best with the material? I think it's just having an interesting idea, isn't it? Like I say, a lot of people, in this case, combining two things that people like, pubs and cats. So, you know, I mean, it's just taking a, a different sideways look at a town we're very familiar with. And uh, a bit of fun. Obviously, it's not meant to be taken too seriously. It's something that, you know, the perfect gift. Christmas. Yeah, yeah, all right, all right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, you know, so, yeah. Yeah, go. So find, yeah. find your angle is what you say. Find your angle, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I think on this particular assignment it helped that it was in a pub, which often allowed for a drink. And um, it helps the conversation to really flow, which is good. In fact, actually, um, one thing at the Eight Bells, uh, when I was talking to, to Sue... Pubs are the centre of the community, aren't they? So, you know, they, quite often they, uh, they're important personalities. I mean, if they... Because you know, we found that a lot, with all the, the pubs being quite local... But the cats are an important part of them. You know, they're, they're loved by all the all the locals. And you, and you were saying Sue. I was going to say when I went to the Eight Bells with, with uh, Sue Dignam, who was lovely and very accommodating, and, and we had a couple of glasses of wine. And actually, she ended up knocking over my glass of wine all over my dictaphone about an hour after the interview, <laughs> which is good. Luckily, I can do shorthand, so I did have some backup notes. But uh... when you interviewed the person in charge here, it was at ninety degrees and covered in cats. It's a shame that Lauren's not here. To to show you very much show the to trick. But actually, I mean, before we even got to that, um, on the first thing she said to me was, I must warn you, I find it very hard to concentrate when there are cats around. And I'm kind of like, well, you know, there are 12 cats here, so we're gonna, it's going to be a really difficult interview. And she's already like, what? She's failed to concentrate so much tonight that she hasn't even turned up to work. Exactly. I mean, she's she's probably you know down in the corner with one of the cats. I'm not sure. Sitting in the corner, wondering what she's doing. (laughs) Very hard to concentrate. uh, No, she does this very good trick with with Donnie the cat. I'm not sure if he's still here. She's always um, on the wheel. That that wheel is quite quite fun, isn't it? The wheel is very fun, but but Donnie does uh, she does this amazing trick where she she basically just just bends over and and he just sits on her back yeah. so we conducted the whole interview with her at a 90 degree angle which I've, I've never done before it's like a yeah extreme interviewing <laughs> and that the wheel in question I should say which I'm going to go and have a go on in just a second is uh, it's about four foot across and it's it's like a hamster wheel essentially but it it's got the air of the carnival about it in its colors and it says on it lady diners Cat Emporium, which, uh, because I'm, I'm not sure we've been uh, too specific, we're more or less opposite Rich Mix on the Bethnal Green Road, aren't we? Um, and it's, it's claiming to be in Shoreditch, which means that Shoreditch has sort of spread a little bit. This used to be Bethnal Green, and that, but it really is uh, it's, it's gentrified massively, and uh, there's lots of quirky shops that are doing booming trade for Christmas. There's a Costa just up the way here, which means uh, it's game over as far as uh, edgy goes. Uh, but the place has changed massively, and you, you guys are based uh, pretty near here, I think. Yeah, just up the road. We've always lived around this area. It's always a new experience walking down the high street. Everything mm. changes very rapidly. Like I say, it doesn't surprise me that there's a, a cat emporium here. You know, where else would it be? And uh, the final word is to say what it's called... Uh, I've got an issue with this one word thing, by the way. Pubcats. Yeah. That might have been my fault, so I think it was, was it Cats in Pubs, originally? 
I think I label the images pubcats. Pubcats, yeah, I think it was just yeah. Pubcats, pubcats is two two words, two words, pubcats. Yeah, this is no, you're right, and I think it is. It's an issue that keeps coming up with articles. Okay. But I think right, that's I now feel one like word. it was a design, it's it was a design word, decision. It's, we've, we've invented a word. Good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Actually, yes. if, well, to go back to the social media thing as well, if you were hashtagging it, it would be one word. So. That makes there a lot of sense. <laughs> it's called London Pubcats, as we mentioned. It's got uh, two sets of whiskers on it, one borrowed from, uh, I think, a pub design somewhere and one on a feline, uh, looking plaintively out at, at, uh, at you listener saying please buy me and stick me in somebody's stocking uh, once the stocking is available for present purposes and it's by Vicky Lane and Tim White and it's uh, it's a tenner it's out there now from Lady Diana's Cat Emporium the pair of you thanks very much indeed thank you very much thank you my heart aches for and that's all for this week. My thanks for this week to Vicky Lane and Tim White. Thanks to, to Bernie Barkley. Theme and incidental music was by Songs from the Howling Sea. I'm Enquanted Wolf. of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.